Hello, everyone. My name is Byron Howell, and this is the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. Thank you very much for joining me today. We are going to start a fascinating and awesome new study about the spiritual or the unseen realm. Everyone understands that a huge portion of physical reality can't be seen with the human eye. Perhaps most importantly, we can't even see the air we breathe. Isn't that amazing? We can't even see something that our bodies depend on constantly. This natural realm, all that consists of what we might perceive with our physical senses, contains many other important substances that we can't see. But there is another entire realm that we can't see or perceive with our natural senses, the spiritual realm. And I know even the phrase, the spiritual realm, may sound weird or that you're thinking about now skipping this teaching. But the importance of the spiritual realm and spiritual reality cannot be overstated. The spiritual realm is actually higher than the natural realm with authority and power over the natural realm. Even a basic understanding of the spiritual realm will dramatically improve your life and faith journey. I've heard people discuss the spiritual realm before, but I've never seen a teaching from any prominent Christian that's directed entirely to it. I mean, people mention it here and there. But I've never found a good book by a well-known author, for example, or a teaching series. But, you know, recently I read first, excuse me, second Corinthians 418 again. And the obvious importance of its words inspired me to really just launch into this study of the spiritual or the unseen realm. And what I've learned will shape my thinking and focus for the rest of my life and quite possibly the rest of my eternity. So let's start there in 2 Corinthians 4.18, and I quote, While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This study, actually, is a quick digression here. This study reminded me about the importance of meditation. To meditate a verse, we should read it over and over again, even going over the verse in our minds. This helps us notice different parts of the verse and receive revelation from God's Spirit. I spent some time meditating on this verse for this study. The verse's instruction to look at the things which are not seen caused me by surprise. How do you look at what you can't see? Well, the Greek word for look is skopeo, meaning to take aim at, to mark, or to regard. The word is not simply referring to physical vision. We must focus on, regard, and aim at that which is not seen. In this amazing passage, God tells us that we must focus on what we can't see. We should remember the context here. In these chapters, Paul writes about his Christian life generally. In the natural realm, he and the other first Christians experienced hardships and struggles most of us can only imagine. But Paul tells us that one of his life's guiding principles was keeping his attention focused on what he couldn't see rather than what he could. We would all likely agree that Paul referred, at least in part, to the Trinity and his eternal salvation as the unseen realities which commanded his focus. As the most basic understanding we could take from this study on the spirit realm and unseen realities, we should pause here and get this. You see, your primary focus in life should be God, that's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and your salvation. They should be the foundation and guiding light of your existence. In fact, when you correctly prioritize God and your salvation, 
you can then correctly prioritize and succeed in every other area of your life. God teaches us how to be a spouse, how to parent, how to work, serve, study, and do every other aspect of life correctly. Actually, only with God's guidance from his word and spirit can you do any part of your life correctly. And for some, that's a tough pill to swallow, but it's still true. God wants to help us in every area of our lives. And the only way to reach the highest expression of any area of our lives is with God's guidance and help. But before we move on, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 through 9, in which Peter also briefly mentions this subject when talking about Jesus. We must focus on our unseen Savior, excuse me, we must focus on our unseen Savior and our salvation in Him. Quote, Though you have not seen Him, you love Him, and even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So with our entire lives, we must look to God and our salvation in Christ as our singular focus. And doing so will create a perspective for all other aspects of our reality, and, as Peter tells us, bring us joy. Focusing on God and your salvation gives you a big picture perspective that helps in every other area of your life. But while we must focus on God and our salvation, there are many other important realities in the spiritual realm. Focusing on those realities as applicable to your specific situations will help you always succeed and receive God's will. In every situation, you should assess the seen and unseen realities, properly focusing on the unseen to change the seen as needed. 2 Corinthians 5.7 tells us, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So we're now going to talk about the intersection between these concepts, the ideas of walking by faith and focusing on the unseen. They are closely related and they help us understand a framework for living by faith. While I do truly focus my existence on God and my salvation, I must also focus on the unseen spiritual reality in every area of my life, if I will have all that God has for me. Let's discuss how these principles work in our daily lives, using first the story of the Israelites going into the promised land. You'll recall that God promised the Israelites that he would bring them into this good land, and he also promised that he would drive out the inhabitants of the land before them. See Exodus 23 for an example. Then they arrived at the border and they sent 12 spies to inspect the land. Look, now this is really interesting. The 12 spies all agreed that it was a good land. You see, it's not usually the idea of the promise that scares us. When God tells us to do something or that he wants something for us, the idea sounds good most of the time. Most often we want what God wants for us. The problem is actually getting it which usually involves difficulties in the natural realm. And that's where the Israelites stumble. While the 12 spies may have agreed that it was a good land, the 12 spies differed greatly when discussing the natural obstacles to obtaining the land. While Joshua and Caleb focused on God and his promises of victory, which were in the unseen realm, the other 10 spies focused on the giant inhabitants and all their defenses. You can see that in Numbers 13. 
The 10 spies then caused all the other people to fear what could be seen rather than focus on God's presence and help, which couldn't be seen. Their fear angered God and he refused to go with them. When they, def when they then decided to fight, they were defeated because God was no longer helping them. God then ordered them to remain in the wilderness for 40 years, at which point they were allowed to try again. If anything, the natural circumstances looked worse. They still had giants and big walls. Moses, Aaron, and all the other Israelites' leaders had died except for Joshua and Caleb. But this time, God's people focused on what they couldn't see. They trusted God, God's promises and believed he would help them. When that, excuse me, what then really happened, and we can't take the time to explain all of this today, but it is the truth, is that God miraculously gave the Israelites the most valuable real estate on the planet, and God helped them defeat the mightiest armies in the world. Those are two really important ideas as you study the promised land. Most valuable real estate on the planet and mightiest armies in the world. That's what God brought them to. So in the seen realm, there were significant obstacles, but they didn't matter because the unseen realm, the unseen spiritual realities were far more powerful and important. We should note briefly, that Israel's enemies also couldn't see spiritual reality, which is the most important. You know, sometimes people will stand against what God wants for your life, but they can't see everything that's with you. If they clearly saw all of your spiritual reality, they wouldn't just stop fighting you. They would join you. They would rejoice for you and they would worship God with you. This instruction to focus on unseen spiritual reality is a fundamental teaching, one we must remember for as long as we exist. When the Israelites focused on the seen and ignored the unseen, they lost. When they ignored the seen and focused on the unseen, they won. They obtained the promises, they inherited the land. In everything we do, in everything we pursue, in everything we want, in our lives with God, we must focus on what can't be seen. You see, in the unseen spiritual realm, we find God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God's angels, God's promises, the complete reality of God's word, and the righteousness, authority, and power we have as Christians. We could probably make a much longer list of unseen spiritual realities, but even if we just look at that short list, I mean, think of that. Think of the true realities that we find in the spiritual realm and what it will do for us to constantly put our focus there. Now let's look at Peter walking on the water in Matthew 14, 28 through 31. Quote, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Peter was walking on water. Jesus told him to do it, just like God told the Israelites to take the land. You see, when God tells you to do something, no matter how crazy it sounds, you can do it. Faith in God's word, whether it's walk on the water, take the land, or do anything else, 
literally makes the supernatural possible in your life. I want to say that again. Stepping out on the word of God, faith in the word of God makes the supernatural possible in your life. The moment you, God tells you to do something, all the resources and power you will ever need are released in the unseen realm. The entire kingdom of God has your back. You must go forward knowing these unseen realities are there for you and they will manifest in the natural realm as needed. But this only works while we focus on these unseen realities, focusing on the walls, the wind, the waves, or whatever contrary natural circumstances may exist will weaken our faith to the point God's word won't produce in our lives. This must be understood. Focusing on what they could see, the Israelites had no faith to take the land and they couldn't do it. Focusing on the wind and the water or the waves, Peter started to doubt and the supernatural power holding him up on the water disappeared. You see, faith in God's word and the unseen reality is required for miraculous power to work for you. And that is just the biblical truth. When they had faith that God was with them, that the power would help them take the land. When Peter had faith that God was with him to support him on the water and he didn't focus on the natural reality, the miraculous happened. But when they put their focus on the wrong things, it destroys their faith. And without faith, the miraculous power doesn't work. When Peter stepped out on the water, an unseen force or power or substance manifested in the physical realm and supported his weight. That unseen reality, now present in the natural realm by Peter's faith, overcame the laws of nature and miraculously supported Peter. This is the same unseen force that destroyed the walls of Jericho as the Israelites finished marching, just as an example. Some version of this miraculous substance appears every time you step out on God's word in faith. This same substance will destroy heathen armies. Look at the story of Gideon for another great example for that. It will destroy towering walls. It will move mountains. It will heal injuries and sickness. It will bring wealth. It will heal relationships. It will even overcome social media algorithms to help godly messages reach billions. Okay, yeah, that one's personal. But look, when you focus on God's word and the spiritual realities, when you have faith in their reality, there is a force that moves from the unseen realm into the natural realm to miraculously change your situation to bring God's will to pass. That force will create, destroy, move, heal, or take any other action necessary for you to obtain what God has promised you. That same force will overcome anything, even the very laws of nature, to manifest God's will in your life. This is what faith in God's promises causes to happen. And it will keep working until God's will for your life is completely manifested so long as you stay focused on the unseen 
and don't allow what's contrary in the natural realm to weaken your faith. And look, I just want to say, because we're friends and we're just talking here, I want to tell you that I think these are some of the most important words I've ever spoken, some of the most important revelation that I've ever received. I know God is teaching us how these things work at a mechanical, at a practical, at a biblical level so that we can begin using them. I know God wants us to use these truths to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. Well, I'm sure we'll continue with this subject next week. And we're going to continue learning how to apply these principles and see the power of God move from the spiritual realm to the natural realm. To see how everything God wants for your life can move from the spiritual realm into your life in the natural realm. We're going to learn how to do this. Look, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving week that you enjoy time with your loved ones and you take a few minutes to thank God for all he has done for you. God bless you and we'll talk again soon.